welcome back to the Comic Book Revolution podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rock, and by my side today, my platonic life partner, Kevin. How you doing, my friend? I'm good, good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, wonderful as always. We have a lot of stuff to get to in this podcast, Kevin. A ton of stuff happening this week. I felt we needed to address all of it. I mean, we've got sales numbers, we've got solicitations, and we've got just a ton of news about what's going on with a lot of writers from Marvel and DC. So, wow, we got tons to go through. It's going to be really interesting to discuss this stuff. Before we get to it, let's do just a little bit of housekeeping. As always, you can download and listen to the Comic Book Revolution podcast on all podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon. Please make sure to rate and review with five stars. It helps people find the podcast, and we like to hear from our followers. You can also find all of our reviews and opinion articles over on comicbookrevolution.com. We tackle everything in the comic book and manga industry. You can also, speaking of manga, download and listen to the Manga Revolution podcast on all podcast services as well. You can also check out the Comic Book Revolution Facebook page. You can follow the Comic Book Revolution on Twitter at CBRevolution. You can follow the Comic Book Revolution's manga Twitter account at the manga podcast. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at rock with two K's revolution and on Instagram at rock two K's revolution. And you, Kevin. Yeah, you can find me at Kevin L zero seven on Twitter. And then I don't do too much on Instagram. You could also follow me on Instagram at Kevin L zero seven. I got to get better at Instagram. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That's where, that's where you can find me. Awesome. All right, my friend. Well, before we dive into it, have you seen anything this week, anything interesting uh, that really caught your attention, anything that entertained you, whether old or new, that yeah, you want to so, share with us? Yeah, outside of Ted Lasso, obviously, just keeping <laughs> up with the positivity of Ted yeah. La- that Ted Lasso brings. I just made my way through The Warrior on, on HBO Max. I'm oh, sure yeah. You watched that? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I guess, or it's a Cinemax show that's on HBO Max, but... Yeah, I heard. I've been hearing so many good things about that show, and it lives lives up to to it. And I'm like really excited for third season. It's uh, have you watched the Have you watched that show? I've watched the first two seasons. Okay, yeah, that's that's what's yep. out so far on HBO. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's very good. It's entertaining. I yeah, like a good martial arts show yeah. based show. So anything that's raid the raid or something like that that's martial arts based, I'm I'm always a fan of. So absolutely, I'm glad, I'm glad that I finally got to watch it. Nice, nice. Well, Kevin, I won't lie. I've been obsessed. Ted Lasso is the only kind of TV show or movie that I have watched because, yes, this week, Kevin, football, or as you Americans call it, soccer, uh, football began this week. Yeah, we had the English Premier League, La Liga in Spain, and, of course, my favorite, Serie A. In Italy, they all are going full swing this week. I have been watching nonstop football, Kevin, because you can watch it on Peacock. You can watch it on Paramount Plus. I think uh, Peacock has the English Premier League. Paramount Plus has the Italian Serie A, and ESPN has La Liga. So you have to use three different services to get the stuff, but whatever, (laughs) I can still get it. (laughs) You got to pay 
about 30 or 40 bucks to get everything, but you, yeah. you get it eventually. You get it. You get it. And today, <laughs> my beloved Juventus, La Vecchia Signora, is playing. So hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, Cristiano Ronaldo shows out for us, has those old legs still working for us, and can score some goals, and we get a nice win to kick off the season. You never know, Kevin. You never, yeah, well, you never know. But yeah. Yeah, Ted Lasso has definitely gotten me more into soccer. I'll, I will say that. I'm more interested in watching it consistently. I tell you, the great thing about watching European football on all these streaming services is that it you it's so much better product than watching American football on TV. That's a three-hour investment, Kevin, with a ton of timeouts and a ton of commercials and a lot of standing around. Whereas with European football, it's 45 minutes, nonstop action, and no commercials then a halftime, and then 45 minutes of nonstop action, no commercials. And you know what? I'm in and out, Kevin, in an hour and a half. Boom. Done. It's so nice. And I didn't have to sit through hours of commercials. That's my favorite part of watching it on TV. That is really my yeah. favorite part. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, three yeah, hours fine. nowadays, Kevin, it's hard to get me to commit to something for three. You know what I mean? I don't know. My, our brains are all short-circuited because we all have ADD now because of our iPads and our iPhones and everything, right? I just, it's hard to make that kind of, maybe you're a better man than I am, but I have a hard time sitting and watching something for three hours, especially when out of that three hours, two hours of it is commercials. And I can't watch commercials anymore because of streaming media. I don't yeah. have patience for them. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I, we've talked about this too. I think we're offline when it comes to sports, because I know that look, we're a nerdy podcast, but when it comes to sports, I think it's definitely the thing that I watch in the background when I'm doing writing or something like that. When I'm Me writing too. articles for the Revolution or something. Yeah. Or, or doing research. I like having a baseball game or f- football yep. game or soccer game yep. on in the background just to watch so that has my attention when something big happens. And yep. then while I'm working on something, that's usually how I consume sports. So that's, I, I'm able to sit through the three, whatever, three hours, if, if it, that that's how long it is. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that's, that's usually how I consume sports. Indeed. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. All right, my friend. Well, enough of our impromptu sports talk. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for everyone who tunes in here for geek and nerd stuff. We just sprung some sports on you. We apologize. Sports <laughs> too. That's right. All right. Kevin, let's turn our attention first, shall we, to the June 2021 single issue sales to the comic book shops. Of course, the go-to source for all of this is always com- ComicCron.com. They are by far and away the best. And wow, do they have their work cut out for them now, Kevin, that Marvel and DC are all using different different companies to deliver their comics and to deliver their orders. So it makes it really hard. to. It just, it just doubles the work that the poor ComicCron guys have to do to get these numbers. In, into, and it also delays by the way, too. It's delaying how quickly they can get these numbers out, too. But I love that they're sticking to it. I know it's a challenge, but much respect to them for persevering. So, June 2021, Kevin, the top 10 looks something like this. Marvel, six titles, DC, two, Image, one, and Boom, one. Now, Kevin, I can tell you, as a longtime comic book fan, in the 1990s, it was very common to see Image just stomping all over everybody in the top 10 of the sales charts. That was common. But let's be honest, since 2000, it's a rare day you see a publisher not named Marvel or DC in the top 10. So to have both Image and Boom in the top 10 is very impressive 
What's even more impressive is that the image title, Spawn Universe Number 1, sold 204,664 units and clocked in at the number two position. And Boom's title, Berserker Number 3, sold 145,963 units and clocked in at the number four position. Those are monster sales numbers for two of the smaller publishers, Boom in particular. Kevin, what would you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting. It shows the power of Keanu Reeves right there that so much interest is in Berserker because I think a lot a lot of people are thinking of that as the yep. next big Keanu Reeves franchise. So so people are diving definitely into that and that one has been a consistent seller for Boom. So mm-hmm. it's a big win for them because what mm-hmm. that series I think started on Kickstarter for originally. That's right, that's right. And then boom and then boom just is their publisher so yep. it's gonna be very interesting to see when whenever we get that movie and then just with spawn being the other one that's not marvel dc related it's again spawn is just ramping up i know that that it, basically spawn in itself is a oh, franchise now it's yes like, what is it they're doing he's doing so, so many things with spawn now yep. so it's definitely interesting to see how much momentum there is because spawn to me is kind of very much just another version of Venom, which Venom is the top seller right, right here. Um, right. And that was because that was the final issue for the, the big Donny Cates and, and Ryan Stegman yep. uh, era. Yep. Which, again, Venom has just been incredible sellers since since they came on. So, And it's just interesting that they're, they're one and two because I yeah. always relate those two characters almost the same. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. I agree. They're, they're mighty for me those are the characters that I, when yep. I think of 90s comic books those are two characters that I think of 100% outside of Venom and Spawn I think even more so than Marvel dominating the top six out of the top ten I think the biggest thing that stands out to me and just the overall sales for for June is just how Batman dominated is for DC and it just shows why I know we've talked about it offline that what is it the next November solicitations which we'll talk about later mm-hmm. is so dominated by Batman 42 yep. titles are Yep. Batman related and the sales show you why yes. because like ba- ba- not ju- it's not just the main Batman series it's Joker it's Nightwing yep. it's all these other titles that are in the top t- like 25 top 50 that yep. then you, until you see a- another Superman or Wonder Woman or something that's not a random one shot yep agreed agreed in fact Marvel's six titles in the top 10 three were X franchise titles two were Star Wars titles one was a Spider-Man franchise title yeah for Batman Sorry, for DC, there are two titles. One was a Batman title, Batman 109. The other was Nice House on the Lake number one, which sold 99,000 units. Now, when you look at top 25, Kevin, again, Marvel dominates the top 25 with 12 titles, consisting of five X-Men franchise titles, three Star Wars titles, and three Spider-Man franchise titles. And DC has seven titles in the top 25. Five are Batman family titles two are non-batman family titles again nice house on the lake number one and static season one number one so really relying on batman as you were saying image slotted three titles in the top five top 25 two of them spawn titles and the other one department of truth then boom slotted three titles in the top 25 as well berserker number three something is killing the children number 17 and basilisk number one kevin again the fact that image and boom slotted six titles in the top 25 is i think a product of two things one they spawn and berserker are just driving big numbers okay period mm-hmm. and two it's a reflection of the crumbling of sales numbers over in marvel and dc 
where their titles don't sell like they used to. The reason why Marvel and DC used to dominate the top 25, Kevin, back in the day is because their comics just sold stupid numbers. Whereas now, Kevin, by the number, look, by the number 10 position, you're already in the 80,000 unit range. By the number 25 position, you're in the 60,000 unit range. 60,000 unit? Yeah. Back in the day, Kevin, 60,000 unit range, you were down, I don't know, sub 100? I mean, you weren't sniffing the top 25 with 60,000 units. You just weren't. So I think what happens is as Marvel and DC continue to shed readers, you're seeing some of the smaller companies like Image and if you can call Image small, but smaller than Marvel and DC for sure. You'll see some of the smaller publishers like Image and Boom rising up in the top 25. So good for them. You know, they're benefiting. Yeah. What do you think of the top 25? Yeah, and I do wonder just how I would love to see how they compare the sales numbers from now to then because obviously, what was it in the nineties? It was a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, way cheaper. Four ninety nine. I wonder how the production budget compares to that, and if they are technically still making more money now because of how yep. more expensive things are. But also, again, everything all cost goes up. Right. Sure. But at the same time price price for comic books are what almost double or triple what it was yes when, in the night in, in the 90s when we're comparing the height right comic books um, right so it, it, it would be interesting i would love to see that back in which we would they, they would never tell us and again th- these are not sales through numbers They're, they are just sales to the um publisher and i think because, it's important that you say that yeah. kevin because they, we're, we're going to get to the npd sales yeah. charts those are actual sales those are confirmed mm-hmm. sales at the cash register these numbers in the Comic Crown are just number of issues ordered by local comic yeah. shops, not actually sold. So mm. d- don't think that, you know, one particular issue sold this. They didn't sell that. I, I guarantee you, yeah. you go to any comic book shop, you see plenty of <laughs> issues yeah. still sitting there months later. Yeah. Video games and comic books are very similar in that aspect. Right. They, they, right. There's a sell-through yep. and, then, and how much have been shipped. There's yeah, like you a got difference it. between that. I know what the spot comics for example I'm not saying that they haven't sold all those right but, uh, they sold probably a majority i know spawn they've had so many alt covers that right so if you buy 100 copies you get this special exclusive to your comic book shop right and stuff like that they there's a lot of stuff like that so you we can't take them as the bible for, for no years. definitely it's, not it's, the actual sales numbers are much lower for sure it, it is still interesting i would be very interested just we've talked about this so many times of now what Marvel and DC do find as a success for their yes. publishing line. Yes. Just because they don't really talk about sales numbers anymore. Nope. Like, oh, this is a successful comic book. They'll talk mm-hmm. about it as like, this is an indie darling, like Black Widow winning the Eisner Award. It's right. It's a very critically well-received. I love that series, but what is it? It's not... So it's it's, it's pretty far down there. It's a little bit over 23,000, which, right. again, maybe it's not a bad number for them because that's a target for that series and that's how many... They just were like, this is how much our print order is. They printed 25000 Right. And they got 23000 out. I do wonder how much, how they value success for different comic books now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about produ- how production and then how much of that production they could get out there. Yep. Yep. So. You look at the top 50, Kevin. Boy, Kevin. Top 50. By, by the number 26 spot, Kevin, you're already in the 50,000 unit range. That's yeah. low. By the number 50 spot, you're already in the 40,000 unit range. That's and, low. And, and again, it's not until 56 that you see something that's not Batman family related, which yeah. is Justice League, which is Brian Bendis' Justice League. Yep. That's when you, that's when we start seeing a non-Batman 
the family title. That's right. It's <laughs> crazy. Again, you mentioned it before that obviously with Marvel, it's still dominated by Star Wars, X Men, and Spider Man titles because you could include Venom in, in well, the Spider Man family. You've got with Marvel uh, in the top fifty, Kevin. They put twenty eight titles in the top fifty. Mm-hmm. That's a big number, and yeah. it was powered by nine X Men franchise titles, six Spider Man franchise titles. All of them Peter Parker, except for Venom and Silk. Five Star Wars titles, and then eight miscellaneous titles. And you're talking three Heroes Reborn issues, a Heroes Return number one, Marvel Voices Pride number one, United States Captain America number one, Alien number four, and Immortal Hulk number 46. And all those comics, Kevin, were selling in the 50, low, the low 50,000 unit range. So... You're right. They lean heavily on X-Men, Spider-Man, Star Wars this month, at least. Whereas DC, they only put 15 in the top 50. That's only 15, almost half of Marvel. And of that 15, Kevin, 11 were Batman family titles. There were only four non-Batman family titles. And those, Kevin, were the big one was Infinite Frontier number one, which sold just 56,000 units, which is a terrible number for a big event. By the way, that's awful. And there were no, and I mean no, in the top 50, no Justice League titles, no Superman titles, no Wonder Woman titles, no Green Lantern titles, or Flash. That's a problem for DC, Kevin. You can't have that happen. And it's the same, it's the same thing with Marvel, too. You don't see Avengers at the top or like nope. Iron Man, because nope. we talked about this offline when I was looking up numbers from the 90s. Yep. I saw Iron Man was the top seller yeah. for them. And it just seems like Marvel still hasn't found out magic for anything yep. that's not x-men or spider-man yet and star wars is they have the license because they're getting it's, through disney right um, but just for the stuff that the stuff that they own spider-man x-men is still consistent it, that is their consistent that seller. Is. amazing spider-man it, amazing spider-man does come out at least twice a month if not three times a month right so it's uh, it's still selling in the top about six, around 60 to yeah. 70 thousand copies that's good for that title for a it's, title it's, that it's, comes out two to three times a month that's yeah. that's crazy yeah so it's, it's still consistent it's still keeping readers and then all the x-men titles obviously is just blown up thanks to hit kickman and the crew because yep. again x x factor is doing well wolverine's doing well yep. and stuff like that but yep. when you get away from them too it's the same thing of like my concern is for them is that can they sell anything that's not a miniseries well like, yeah and, and that's not, not related to spider-man or x-men i, I like, can't can because that's even heroes reborn that's the only avengers related title that, that really it outside of that it's the only ongoing title not yeah. related to uh, Spider-Man or X-Men is Immortal and, Hulk, which that is a critical, and that's a critical darling. That's very much everybody that reads it loves it. I know mm. Stephen uh, talked about has talked about it uh, in the past. That that's one of his favorite, if not his favorite, Marvel title right now. I don't think Thor came out in June. No, it did. I have to look that up. But Thor is another one that yeah. is a top seller for them. Avengers but, didn't again, come out either this month yeah. in, in June. Uh, here, you're right. Heroes were born though. Heroes were born five and six. Kevin, they sold fifty two thousand, fifty one thousand units respectively. That's that's pretty yeah. low for a big event as well. And, uh, and and that was the Avengers title for the month, right? Technically, right? That, because since they they were taking a break from Avengers, right? But I think the only ongoing titles that I normally see in the top fifty is the Warren Hulk yep. that are, and I don't see Iron Man, I don't see Captain nope. America, Black nope. Panther, Captain Marvel, which are all characters that Marvel pushes. Yep, but they're, absolutely, they're, they're nowhere to be seen so absolutely uh so image it's, it's, it's interesting image put four titles in the top 50 uh two spawn titles department of truth and jupiter's legacy requiem boom put three in the top 50 the same that we already referenced 
the top 100, Kevin, it's, it's just dominated by Marvel. Marvel put 49 yeah. titles in the top 100. DC, 37. Image, 9. Boom, 3. Aftershock, 1. Vault, 1. It's just Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Even with a depressed sales environment, they're, I mean, they're just not selling what they used to. Even so, Marvel is just still just thumping DC. DC just is having a hard time doing anything outside of Batman. And you see that, Kevin, when you look at the top franchises. You look at Marvel, the X-Men franchise. It's it's the... I mean, they have strong numbers. Are they what they used to be? No, but they're consistent. Demon Days, Marco, number one, that's 110,000 units. X-Men, number 21, 89,000 units. Planet Size X-Men, number one, 89,000 units. Wolverine, 13, 78,000 units. Marauders, number 21, 64,000. And then you get kind of the meat and potatoes. I think anything in the 50K range, it's not great, but it's not bad. It's meat and potato kind of title. X-Factor, number 10, 55,000 units. X-Force, number 20, 53,000 units. And then even... Their lower performing titles are still in the 40k range, which is not great. But I mean, I, I, I t for me, the cutoff line is when you go in this new market, right? In this new age, new sales market. Yeah. Uh, it used to be if you were below 50k, uh oh, you better <laughs> you better look out. But I think now it's sub sub 30 is where you start yeah. to look at titles in danger. And all the bottom selling X titles, Kevin, way of X number 30, number three. 49,000 units. New Mutants, number 19, 49,000 units. Excalibur, 21, 48,000 units. Hellions, number 12, 46,000 units. X-Corp, number 2, 46,000 units. So even the bottom end of the X-Men franchise is still decidedly in the 40K unit range. That's pretty good for being the bottom sellers, right? Uh, that's that's yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's because what when you get outside of the core X Men title and and Wolverine, right, right, like all this having all these secondary and tertiary titles. Yep. So well, even something like Demon Days, which I know that's uh, Peach Momoko. She's right. Like, everybody loves her. Right. Like, I, I I personally love that series. What right. she's doing with that series too. But even that title selling one hundred ten thousand kind of just shows you the power mm -hmm. of the X Men right now. Like, yes, this and it just shows you the power the power that. Marvel was hiding from the X-Men for so long. Yes. Outside of not just the power of controlling how many mutants were in the Marvel Universe, but yep. now just like how when Marvel puts a little bit of marketing behind the X-Men again, they, they could dominate like the market again. Agreed. Whenever Marvel decides like, oh yeah, we can't just focus on Avengers. Like they were for so long because they wanted to make the Avengers the big thing. Mm -hmm. Looking at these numbers, X-Men just kills it. Oh yeah. Really. So so like, consistent. Along and with Sp Spider-Man. And the Spider-Man franchise, speaking of that, Venom 35 obviously being the, the big seller at 286, yeah. 282,265 uh, units. But then you know, Amazing Spider-Man number 68, 67, 69 all came out in June. That's three titles, and their numbers were solid. 68 sold 67,000 units, 67, 60,000 units, 69, 59,000 units. So it's a little up and down, but I, for a title that came out that put three issues out in one month... That's remarkably consistent. That's a lot of comics to buy from one title. Yeah. So that's a good job. Web of Spider-Man number one sold 57,000 units. Silk number four sold 53,000 units. And then you kind of get to some of the lower performer titles. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 27 sold 47,000 units. Nonstop Spider-Man number three sold 38,000 units. And Spider-Man Spider-Shadow number three sold 37,000 units. So the Spider-Man franchise doing... Again, maybe not dominating the 
top end of the chart, but being a very good seller to flesh out the top 54 Marvel. And then, of course, Star Wars is just a gift from Mama Disney that keeps on mm-hmm. paying off for Marvel. Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters, number one, Kevin sold 179,000 units. Star Wars High Republic, number six, 85,000 units. Star Wars, number 14, 67,000 units. Star Wars Darth Vader, 56,000 units. And then you get the lower performer ones. Even the lower performing ones are, you know, at least not in danger of being canceled because they're in the 40K range. Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 13, 49,000 units. And Dr. Afford, the lowest selling one, is still at 47,000 units. So not in danger of being canceled either. Again, they're lucky that they get Star Wars. It's a gift from Mama Disney, and they're taking advantage of it. It's also good for for Marvel too because all these Star Wars comics are in the middle of a crossover right now, and and these are all cross crossover related. So yep. it kind of shows that they can have a Star Wars event, yep. and it sells extremely well. So I think this was a good test bed month for uh, Marvel as well with the Star Wars franchise to see, oh, can we do a Star Wars event, and it, will it do well? Will we have readers actually? come in and pick up all the titles and it, right. it seems that is a definitive yes so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get an annual star wars crossover at the very least like once a year now moving forward agreed agreed and uh for dc it's all batman all the time i mean kevin they've got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen batman titles that i saw in this in this list of of comics and they all most of them are selling well some are not and you know you, you publish 18 titles not all are going to sell well obviously but still batman number 109 you're at one hundred thirty thousand units batman Fortnite zero point number four sold eighty five thousand units joker four sold eighty thousand units batman Fortnite zero point number five sold eighty thousand units batman catwoman number five seventy thousand units and then you get into the those are the high performing ones then you get to the solid Solid ones, Batman, Reptilian, number one, 57,000 units. Detective Comics, 1037, 54,000 units. Nightwing, 81, 54,000 units. That's good for a Nightwing comic, by the way, historically. Detective Comics, uh, 1038, sold 53,000 units. Batman, the Detective, number three, sold 49,000 units. Robin, three, sold 49,000 units. And now you start to really get into the... We get a little bit lower down. Harley Quinn, number four, at 47,000 units. Kevin, Harley Quinn, number four. That's a low number for Harley Quinn, who in the past has been a big, big seller. And it's interesting to see her so far down at 47,000 units. I kind of feel like DC's lost the plot with Harley Quinn's character over the past couple of years. Be interested to see if she can, if she can, if DC can rebound that character because she really was a big seller for them a couple of years ago. Well, I would also say with Harley Quinn, even though they still push her as the major character, she has her own show on HBO Max and and she's obviously all over all the DCEU movies. Yeah. When it comes when it comes to the comic book, she's not she's not positioned anymore as one of the pillars like yep. she was when the new 52 when she was the hottest thing really yeah. at DC outside of Batman. And that wasn't you know, I would also factor that in because she's not being marketed as heavily as she was right. at least in the comic books. As she was in the 2010s, yep. I would yep. say. Yep, yep, So 47,000, I, I think, is where I, I would expect it to be, expect honestly. Be. Just be, because it's, uh, she, I, I just don't see the marketing behind her like I did when in the 2010s in the right. New 52 era. Right, like Where she, after Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, she yeah. was considered that oh, yeah. pillar of the DC mm-hmm. universe. She's not marketed that way anymore, at least in the comic books. Correct. In the, in the movies and movies and TV that's shows, yes. Yeah. That's different. That's right. merchandising. That, that's right. All, that's all merchandising. That's not <laughs> comic books, I would say. 
Yeah. Then you so. get to the low performers, Batman the Adventure to continue, season two, number one, sold 40,000 units, and then the dogs of the Batman franchise. Uh, if you're in the 30,000 unit range, you're not doing great. Batman Urban Legend, number four, sold 39,000 units. Legend of the Dark Knight, number two, sold 36,000 units. Batman Superman, number 19, sold 32,000 units. Poor Superman cannot get a good <laughs> I can't get a good sales number, even if you pair him with Batman. Poor, poor big red S. Um, next Batman, Second Son, sold 31,000 units. And Future State, Gotham, number two, sold 31,000 units, bringing up the caboose. Kevin, over yeah. the next list of titles I want to look at before we leave this sales chart, I always like to take a peek at what I call the troubled titles, the ones that are sub 30,000. And it's fun to look at them. You know not all of them are going to get canceled because some of these are some big-name characters, but it's interesting to see... Who are the troubled titles for each company? It is more disturbing for DC, Kevin, than it is for Marvel, as I look at this month, okay? For Marvel, you've got Children of the Atom, number four. They just sold 29,000 units. Iron Man, number nine, Kevin, sold 27,815 units. That's not good for Marvel. Cable, number 11, sold 25,100 units. Savage Avengers, number 21, sold 23,503 units. Web of Spider-Man number two sold 21,921 units. Iron Fist, Heart of Dragon number six sold 21,921 units. Black Cat number four. Black Cat, a character I love. Uh, unfortunately, 29,518 units. Mighty Valkyries number three. Just the third issue, Kevin, and it's all the way down at 23,645 units. That's horrible. Black Widow number eight sold just 23,523 23 units. Captain Marvel number 29, who Marvel wants to tell you is, is a huge deal. Well, she sold just 22,850 units. That's horrendous. And honestly, Kevin, if Marvel wasn't in an eternal death battle over the trademark for the name Captain Marvel, you would not be seeing as many of those comics being published. That is all about trademarking. They're not going to give that up to DC. It ain't going to happen. Conan the Barbarian, number 22, sold just 16,835 units. Black Knight, his title, number four, sold just 16,005 units. And bringing up the caboose is Reptile, number two. Just the second issue, Kevin. Just the second issue. 12,976 issues. The only ones that, just, that Marvel should be worried about, not Reptile, not Black Knight, not Conan. Nobody expects those titles to be big sellers, right? They should be worried, though, that Iron Man and Black Widow being MCU characters, are this far down, as well as Captain Marvel. Those are the three titles out of these that I see here that Marvel should be worried about. The rest, I, you, you kind of see that coming. What do you think? Yeah, I think in the Avengers titles, I, I would expect them to sell better. I would at least expect them to sell around 40000 to be honest. Yep. But I'd like to see them not yep. be break through that, that mark. Yep. Again, it is concerning, and it kind of just speaks to, I think about this as for DC too, not just Marvel, but... Yep. I do think that it, it it would be best if instead of treating all, all these comic books as ongoing series, they just treat them as miniseries and stuff. Uh -huh. And just be like, hey, we're going to just tell the best story we can. Yep. We're not going to try and tell stories that are going to stretch 20 issues. Let's just tell. And I wonder how that would work out for them instead. Right. Because there's so many titles that it's I, a lot. I'm always concerned. I'm, I'm always concerned 
concerned about being canceled. I love Black Widow. I love right. Black Cat. Right. Those two titles specifically. That, yep. Are the ones that you mentioned. Yep. Are probably my two favorite Marvel titles outside of the X-Men. Right. To be honest. Even more so than the Spider-Man titles that I read. And I've seen their numbers. I hope that they stick around because they're so critically well received. <laughs> right. I love them. I yep. love them so well. Black Widow just won an Eisner Award for Best New Ongoing Series. Yep. And things like that. So that has me hopeful that it's not going to stick, stick around. Obviously, because also because of the movie. But, but yeah, I just wonder if maybe... Marvel has to know at this point, like what titles do well and what titles will not do well yep. if they're marked as ongoing. So mm-hmm. I kind of just wish that they would just be like, hey, this is a six issue miniseries where right. we'll the creator yeah. full creative rights of tell one good story. Tell, yep. tell us one great story that's standalone that the fans are going to love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See how that see how that sells instead of just being like, oh, this is an ongoing series. And then six issues later, cancel it. Right. Agreed. Agreed. I think the issue is a little more disturbing for DC, Kevin, as you look at their sub-30,000 unit comics. The new direction for the Green Lantern franchise, Kevin, to put it bluntly, is not going well. The Green Lantern franchise was, at one point, the straw that stirred the drink over at DC. And it wasn't even close. Now, it's in trouble. Greenlander number three, just the third issue, Kevin. Just the third issue, it sold just 29,000 units. Far Sector number 12 sold 21,000 units. Something is not working there. That is very early in the direction of this franchise that was once the gold standard for DC Comics. They cannot have the Greenlander franchise down in the gutter of the sales chart. That's a problem. They got to address it. The other one that is concerning is the new direction for Wonder Woman. And to put it bluntly, like with Green Lantern, it doesn't appear to be working. Wonder Woman Black and Gold number one sold just 37,000 units. Wonder Woman 773 sold 36,000 units. And Wonder Woman 774 sold 27,000 units. That's in the wrong direction. Sensational Wonder Woman number four sold just 17,000 units. You can't have the Green Lantern franchise and the Wonder Woman franchise on life support like this. It can't. It cannot happen. Not, not tenable for DC, Kevin. It just isn't. It's going to be tough for Green Lantern, I think, more so than Wonder Woman, because I, I I will be interested to see how things shape up for Wonder Woman in October, because right. it seems like October will be the big push yep. for Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. um, since that is when DC is doing that 80th anniversary celebration, right. and they do go, they try and go all out for mm-hmm. those type of celebration issues. Indeed. So I think October will be an interesting month to see where Wonder Woman's popularity really does hold, because they, they are going to put as much marketing behind that and so i think right october is when we really see it and then even november of how the following month does because they are putting a lot of t- more wonder woman titles. i would even say that starting in october then even superman um, right after that month so it'll be interesting to see if this increased push for wonder woman for her 80th anniversary will actually end up helping her because right. again having so having some actual marketing behind these titles yeah. is always something that that does help. But yes. I want to see how much how much it will help because I think comic marketing as a whole could use a lot of improvement. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, oh, before we leave the these these titles here, real fast, Suicide Squad number four sold twenty eight thousand units as well. More proof that uh, movie success and comic book success are completely unrelated from each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm not sure how much the movie success is because uh, well, it's true it Warner did Bros. do so. DC <laughs> Warner Bros. don't want to talk about how successful that movie is. Nope. So. And good luck finding <laughs> box office numbers, Kevin. It's getting it's getting harder and harder. Okay. Well, overall, Kevin. Yeah. Overall, yeah. Marvel released 71 new comics. DC 60, Image 49, IDW 27, Boom 24. The top 300. 
broke down Marvel 75, DC 58, Image 56. Image almost tied with DC, Kevin. Let that roll around for a second. That's, again, it's not the 1990s. I didn't think I'd see that again. Wow. IDW at 25 titles, boom at 24. Share of units, Marvel, 41,000 uh, percent. Uh, sorry, geez, what am I saying? <laughs> the share of units, Marvel had 41%, DC, 27%, Image, 13%, boom, 6%, IDW, 3%. And that shows you that even though Image is publishing just two titles less than DC in the top 300, DC is still selling way more than yeah. Image, okay? So I, don't, 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 don't get, don't. Ding DC that much. They're not quite down the same level as Image yet, okay? And so that wraps up, you know, the top 300, Kevin. I want to then hop over to the June 2021 graphic novel sales to comic book shops. Again, this is just the orders, not actual sales numbers. In the top 10, Kevin, it's, uh, again, it's Marvel. Marvel with five titles in the top 10. Image, two, boom, one, viz. Viz, though, Kevin, has two. Keep in mind, local comic book shops have historically been the province of American comics, not the province of manga. As a matter of fact, Kevin, I don't think I ever saw a single manga title in my local comic book shop until like a year ago. Seriously, it, it, it's just, just how it's always been. So for Viz to put two titles in the top ten to comic book shops, that's pretty impressive my friend yeah and i know we've talked about this as well when i think Karan and icv2 released earlier this year how graphic novels are incredibly important to the industry yep. now I, I think they what make up almost 75 percent of sales now when it comes to comic books or yep. manga related content here in the united states where what was it in this last year Graphic novels sold $835 million worth of yep. sales compared to single-issue comic books yep. was 285 million. Yep. And digital was 160 million. So mm -hmm. it just shows that there's there is a definite push because it's not just that it was a pandemic year, because there's also a trend that graphic novels have been going up in sales yep. every single year and dominating mm -hmm. even more. So I think the pandemic maybe increased people's push to just read graphic novels, but it also I think is just a sign that so many comic books are written for graphic novel format instead of single issue format now. Yeah, I think the the graphic novel sales surge is being powered by your bookstores across the country and Amazon, not so much local comic shops. Yeah. I mean, the number one the number one ordered graphic novel in June was Something is Killing the Children Volume 3 from Boom, and that was only 7,078 units. That's a way smaller than what when we get to the NPD numbers you'll see much higher numbers because yeah. the that graphic novels the reason why graphic novels have so much success is that really people are trained to go to Amazon or go to big bookstores and get them there because they're readily available yeah. and you don't have to try to find that random comic book shop in your area you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and I think it's still a healthy thing because again I think graphic novels is the way to go whenever yes. I, I present it to a friend I never do oh yeah I don't think I think outside of a few exceptions, you give them a I floppy. A single, I never give them a single issue. I, I no. never do. I never. If I'm going to try and get my friends into a comic book, yeah, be, I'm going to put pick up a graphic novel yeah. for my shelf and say, Absolutely. "Here's a great, here's a great Batman story. Here's a great X Men story. Here's a great Spider Man. Or here's a great 
Harley Quinn story yeah. or whatever characters are interested in. I mean, that's how I'm going to approach them to get them, try and get them into comic books compared to a single issue format. That is, that's not going to work unless you're really, <laughs> unless you really want to know what's going on like right now. Right. Like Agreed. Agreed. The top yeah. 25 for the graphic novels, it broke out Marvel 11. Kevin, Viz, clocking in at number two with six. Image three, boom three, IDW one, seven C's one. Top 50, again, it's it's all Marvel's. Marvel has 26, Image eight, Viz seven, boom four. Seven C's, Kevin, another manga publisher, two, IDW two, Scholastic one. And in that top 50, Kevin, Remember, this is to local comic book shops, not to bookstores. We'll get to that later. For local comic book shops, only one YA or children graphic novel in the form of Miles Morales Shockwaves, which sold uh, 1,831 units. I think that the bookstores are benefiting, Kevin, from getting more of the kid graphic novels than the local comic book shops are to the local comic shop's detriment, I think. And we'll see that in the later charts. Let's Oh, you're muted. I think that it, I think I do think it's a good thing that Marvel and DC have recognized the YA, yep. YA market. Yep. Because we'll talk about this later on as well. I think just recognizing all the different mediums that mm-hmm. they could get into for in terms of publishing is yep. a good thing in the long term. Is yes. obviously I'm not going to read something like I Am no. Starfire or, no. or, or like the Teen Titans graphic novel, no. like The Raven, or stuff like that. <laughs> but that's not targeted. That's not, not targeted to me. I'm that's, not their target. <laughs> That's not targeted to the 34-year-old no. still reading comic book fan. That's targeted no. to the 10, the 10 to yeah. 16 market that want to read that stuff. So yeah, I, think, right. I think, honestly, it is a good thing that we're seeing these these things. Because, again, it just showing that at least more when DC recognize that they need to get there to continue to keep their characters rel- relevant. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And that you look at the top so. 100... Kevin, Marvel, 55, just dominating the top 100. 55 graphic novels. Yeah. Image, 15. Viz, 10. Boom, 5. IDW, 4. 7C, still with 2. Scholastic, still with 1. And again, these local comic shops, they're not getting a lot of these children's, YA children's graphic novels. They own, There's only three, uh, sorry, there's only four uh, on that list. In addition to the one we mentioned before, you've got Erratic by AWA, T-Dragon, Tapestry by Katie O'Neill, and The Unkindness of Ravens. So, an unkindness of Raven, sorry. So, they just, they don't get into that area like the bookstores do. And then if you look at the top 300 in general, Kevin, the only takeaway from the top 300, again, this is local comic book shops. Never been the bastion of manga. Never. I mean, I've always gone to Borders and Barnes and Nobles my entire life to buy my manga because mm-hmm. that's where you can find it, right? Yeah, borders. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Let me pour one out for Borders. God, I love that place. Top 300 graphic novels for local comic book shops. Kevin, 55 were manga titles. That's yeah. amazing. That's a that really is amazing. Never thought I would see that happen to local comic book shops. Never. And also just because I know that there's a lot of local comic book shops that don't sell manga too. Yes, like, or, a ton. Or are, 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 are hesitant to sell it. They'll have some other popular ones. Yes. I know, I, I know I've been to some here in Las Vegas where I'm from and I've gone into comic book shops that do not sell manga whatsoever. Mm. Or they'll, sell a couple, they'll sell a couple of the popular titles, but they'll, they're very hesitant to have have that in stock so even having 55 titles i think is impressive because at least there's a at least it at least there's shows me that at least some comic book shops are recognized that they should be carrying manga that's like, right more heavily than they are than others you got it just comic book shops <laughs> you got it you got it all right now let's go over to the i want to check out the 
NPD book scan numbers for July of 2021. Again, these numbers represent e-tailers, chains, mass merchandisers, independent bookstores, and more. It's roughly the NPD book scan charts cover around 85% of the U.S. trade print book market. So it's a pretty good pretty good sample of what's going on. I would say 85% is not bad. Let's start, Kevin, with the top 20 kids graphic novels, right? And with those, oh my goodness, I wish my name was Dav Pilkey, Kevin, because if I was named Dav Pilkey, I'd be a very rich, rich man. Because evidently, the youths, the little kids out there, they can't get enough of Dogman. They cannot get enough Dogman because Dogman, Kevin, comprises a full, oh wait, 50% of this list. That's right, 10 of the 20 titles in the top 20 are Dogman titles. Oh, and Kevin, there's an 11th title by Dav Pilkey on this top 20 list, Cat Kid Comic as well. So Dav gets 11 (laughs) graphic novels on this top 20 list. That's phenomenal. And the sales numbers are big. For the number one spot, Dogman Mothering Heights hardcover. Uh, That comes to you from graphics, and it sold 66,657 units. Wow. Outstripping everything. Number two was Dogman Grime and Punishment. These titles are hilarious, by the way, because they're plays off great literary works. Very funny. <laughs> the number two spot, that that uh, graphic novel sold 30,423. So big gap between the two, but still big numbers, big numbers. This is all, all about Dav Pilkey and Dogman, Kevin. I've never heard of it, but wow, impressive graphics because of Dav Pilkey. Took 16 to 20 spots. Very nice. Yeah, and it, and it, just looking at it too, I was just at Dogman, the most recent one that just came out, and that came out in March. So for it to still sell yeah. sixty thousand units in what now we're in, in July, yep. uh, a few months later, that's yep. very impressive that it's continuing to still Absolutely. sell extre- extremely well, especially since it came out almost four or five months ago. Yes, yes, uh, so. it, it, and even at, at, at the bottom spot, the, the number twenty spot, you're still selling around nine thousand units. So still. Mm-hmm. Graphic novels sold way more out of the uh, local comic book shop network than within, clearly. All right, let's take a quick peek, Kevin, at the superhero graphic novel chart, the top 20 of July 2021. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty, Kevin, because the number one selling superhero graphic novel for July was Watchmen, and it just sold 2,385 units. That's it. That's Again, compare and contrast to the 60 some thousand units that Dogman sold as the number one kids graphic novel. Compare that to the number one selling superhero graphic novel, 2,385 units. That's pathetic, Kevin. That's really atrocious. I mean, just, that's awful. By the number 20 spot, it's just 803 units being sold. That's awful. Those are, that is just, I'm telling you, it's, it's it's not good right now for Marvel and DC Comics. They, they're getting their teeth kicked in by manga on one side and by kids' graphic novels on the other side. They just are. They just are. Yeah. And you look at this top 20 list, Kevin, and this top 20 list, 12 are DC, Marvel just five. So DC just romping Marvel in the NPD book sales. So get a little bit of revenge there, I guess. <laughs> and Dark Horse... Yeah, and I think I- and I think that just kind of speaks to going back to it of why we're seeing so many deals that DC and Marvel are doing with Viz or yep. 
webtoons recently yep. that 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 Marvel uh, that DC did. I think it because they recognize that's probably the more markets that if they're going to yep. get into these for younger people that that they need to do these team ups where like a lot of people are going going to nowadays for the younger generations. Yes, and what's what's more disturbing for Marvel and DC is of this top twenty list, eight of these graphic novels are incredibly old. Kevin, mm-hmm. Watchmen at number one, old. Batman Long Halloween at number five, old. Batman the Max Arkham Arkham Dreams at number six, old. Batman, Batman the Year. Killing Joke at number eight, old. The Sandman Volume One, number nine. Jesus, the 30th anniversary edition. It's old. I mean, Batman Year One, number 10, old. There are so many. It's so, Infinity Gauntlet at the number 14 spot, old. V for Vendetta. My God. Alan Moore, you are just wow. In the number 17 uh-huh. spot, older than hell. I, it, that is not a good sign when, you, first of all, the, the sales numbers suck. And then eight of the 20 titles are f- from forever ago. That's not a good sign yeah. for what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's going, it's very, very interesting, especially when you compare it to how, like, I know when I walk into Barnes and Nobles now, I think the comic book is like, Mines is maybe a twenty five percent of what the manga bookshelves are. One hundred percent agree. Like they're, yes. they're, they're and they're getting smaller too. I think they just in- decreased the size of the comic book shelf at my Barnes and Noble and like just increased the manga bookshelves. They they did that. <laughs> I I just went to mine recently last uh, last week and they did the exact same thing at mine as well. The man- I swear the manga section grew. By, I don't know how much, but by, probably by another twenty five percent. And the yeah. comic book section abs- absolutely did shrink even more. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it, it's crazy to see how big the manga bookshelf is, is compared to the comic book yep. shelf because that's over where all the gaming stuff is yep. and everything like that too, like the gaming books. So it's it's very interesting because I think even the gaming books probably are as big as, if not bigger than the, than the comic book more <laughs> shelf to be Agreed. honest Agreed. I think you're right. I think you're right. All right, Kevin. Last is the top 20 adult graphic novel NPD book scan numbers for July 2021, 20, and it's not pretty. It is it not pretty for Marvel and DC because it's all manga all the time. And let me tell you what, the number one selling manga is Chainsaw Man Volume 1. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. 51,790 units. The Even the lowest selling one, Kevin, number 20 spot, Naruto Volume 1, 6,752 units. Kevin, the number 20 <laughs> selling title, 6,752, dwarfs the number one selling superhero graphic novel of Watchmen at 2,000 and some. That's yeah. That shows you how much manga has stomped a mud hole in Marvel and DC and walked it dry. It's yeah, insane. And Naruto is what now twenty one yes. years, twenty two years old. Yes, um, that volume, at least here in the United States now. It, it, that and it's just it, it's crazy seeing again. It's the first volume too, but just it's fun seeing at least as a Naruto fan that uh, yeah, that still people are discovering that series yep. and discovering One Piece and all these other things that i was reading when i when i was discovering manga that it's still very yep. popular now absolutely and for the top 20 viz put 14 titles in the top 20 kadansha 2 yen press 2 first second books 2 nothing from dc marvel or image 18 of the 20 are manga titles wow the let's see here the i mean it, it's 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 shocking it's it's stunning. Look, the best-selling graphic novel in June of 2021 in local comic book shops, Something is Killing the Children, Volume 3 by Boom, sold 7,000 units. 
that would put it in number 19 spot on this chart. I mean, it's just, it's stunning manga. It's real. It is happening. We are seeing a sea change, Kevin, over the past year or so. It, it is, it's really happening. It's, it's not people's imagination. It is happening. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's not a, I wouldn't even say the last year, I would say the last, I would, what, five, six years, especially as anime becomes much more yep. popular here in, in the United States, that right. it's much easier to access yep. anime and just manga in general than it, it was when like we were when we were growing up. So yep. I think it just shows that now that manga and anime is actually like, as in terms of relatively the same pace that yeah, it is in Japan I think so. now, sure. I think, that, that, I think that, that, that has helped the market a lot because mm-hmm. now... We don't have to go to find those websites yeah. that, that oh. they are because it's. I, I remember. Can Viz, I, I, I could just get on Viz. I could get on Viz. Or I could yep. go to read read the most current uh, chapters, or I could go on Funimation to watch yes. the most recent anime uh. episodes that just came out a couple hours ago in Japan. Uh. Which again, that that I think that is incredibly important for it that is. market. That gosh, that, that... they're we're, we're actually getting it at the same time as Japan, and that's why you're seeing the results at, as it is now. Not having to wait a year for a, a for a scanlation for manga or or a fan dub yeah. for anime. Oh, those were the days, Kevin. Back oh, yeah. in the day, you had oh, to yeah. hunt to find so, that stuff too, didn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, you have to really work for it or even pay what what was it, sixty bucks for just yes. one VHS and that had like three episodes of Dragon yes. Ball and some close oh. video. Yeah, I remember those days that, that's so well. Yeah. So, but oh, yeah, I, I think uh, having having easier access to all this stuff is. For, for people, I think is a positive for for them and just shows again. Release it at the same time; yep. they're going to see incredible results. You got it. You got it. All right, my friend. That's it for the sales charts. Let's pop over, shall we, to the solicitations for November of 2021. Let's start first with Marvel, okay? And we've got a couple of number one issues coming out, Kevin. You've got Hulk number one by Donny Cates and Ryan Otley that comes out. And you've got the thing number one by Walter Mosley and Tom Riley that comes out. And another number one issue is Hawkeye Kate Bishop number one. That's a mini series, a five issue mini series. And those are the number one issues coming out. I probably will take a peek at the Hulk one, the thing. And probably not. Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, absolutely zero chance in hell I'm going to buy that comic. We all know that. Come on, Kevin. I didn't have to tell you that. You could have read my mind. So, any of these number one issues entice you? You're, you're, wait, you're muted. Uh, don't worry about that. I'll, I'll read that for you. <laughs> yeah, I figured you would. <laughs> I like Kate Bishop. She, are, she's, are, she's great. Are you going to hop aboard all three of these number ones? I think the thing... I'm not very interested in Hulk. I am because again, it's Donny Cates and Ryan Otley. I think it's more creative team based yes. for me. Yep, yep, I yep. love Donny Cates. Don, what Donny Cates literally made me a Venom fan. I mm-hmm. was never a Venom fan before, and he did what I thought was impossible before and made me a Venom fan. So just to see him on Hulk, I'm just like, you you signed me up, and then you have Ryan Otley as a, the artist there. That's hundred yep. percent. Yep, agreed. It's got, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the top selling title of that month. To be honest with you, I agree as well. I agree as well. All right, now we've got right. all the Spider-Man titles starring yeah. Ben Riley, Amazing Spider-Man seventy-eight and number seventy-nine and number eighty. 
because we're getting lots of those. Yeah, I'm passing on this for multiple reasons. One, could care less about Ben Riley. Two, I can't yeah, just no three times a month. Can't do it for one title. Kevin, I know you're going to be signing on for this and reviewing it for yeah. the Revolution, right? Yeah, I will definitely at least for the few, first few months be checking out this direction because again, I do like the creative team that they assembled. I Kelly Thompson, I've very much enjoyed her Black Widow run, like I've, I mentioned, and Zeb Wells. I think during that Spider-Man Brand New Day era, I think he wrote some of the best Spider-Man stories during that time. And then Salid Aman, he's done really well with uh, Miles Morales, and I want to see what he does with the main Spider-Man title. Patrick Gleason, love his work on Superman, love his work on Spider- like he's done with Spider-Man so far with Nick Spencer. And then the only one I don't know is Cody Ziegler. Mm-hmm. Um, but again... He's the only unknown, but everybody else, I, I, I recognize it. I want to give give it a shot just because, again, it's Spider-Man. I can't help myself with not reading the Spider-Man <laughs> title, to be honest. And But once we get deeper into the, the, all the solicitations, I think that the one thing that Marvel is making me do is think of titles to drop, to be honest. Because right. I, I will be reading the three the three times a month Spider-Man titles, and I think I'm honestly going to probably end up dropping some other Marvel titles to make up to make up because yeah. there's definitely I cannot justify right the added the added cost of reading yeah. three Spider-Man titles a month on top of all the other titles. I think that is a negative impact of going this route with uh, Spider-Man for Marvel. Right, agree for me as a, as a reader. Yeah, yeah. Avengers 50 is coming out. That's going to be a big issue with lots and lots of variant covers. And I don't read Avengers. I mean, not since they butchered the hell out of my favorite one of my favorite characters of all time, She-Hulk. So, God, that character's regressed so horribly. She was, I tell you people, trust me, read some old comics. She-Hulk was very cool at one time. Now she's just kind of stupid. Anyhow, are you going to hop on Avengers? uh, I'm actually reading Avengers right now, but not through buying it monthly. I'm reading it through the Marvel Unlimited. Oh, okay. That's how I've I've experienced Jason Aaron's run. Again, it's solid, but maybe I'm enjoying it a little bit more because I get it through Marvel Unlimited. Right, um, subscription, but it's not blow me away like Jonathan Hickman's oh, run sure. of Avengers. But again, it's been solid. It's not, and it does get me wanting to read more She-Hulk stories or other Avengers mm. stories that now I'm actually going through. John right Byrne so, She-Hulk um, is good stuff, Kevin. Good yeah, stuff, right there. Yeah, so, and again, I think that that's the cool thing about Marvel and Unlim- having Marvel Unlimited because yeah. I could actually keep up, keep up, yep. and they have a three month they have a three month window instead of the six month window that DC has for right. DC Unlimited. So. So, I, again, I'm not going to buy Avengers 50, but when it comes out on Marvel Unlimited, I'll probably end up reading it. Right. Perfect. We're getting a miniseries, Kevin. A miniseries, Captain America and Iron Man number one. Five-issue miniseries from Derek Landy and Angel Unzera. I, yeah, yeah. I, I well, didn't do much for I, me, I think, but what do you I think? think? The more interesting, I think the more interesting thing about this is that we still don't have a Captain America ongoing series yet. I know. Isn't that this weird? Is, and I, I, it does make me wonder if they're still wondering, trying to find a creative team for a new Captain America series. It's possible because, because again, we're getting a lot, and we just got the United States of Captain America yes. miniseries after That's right. Coates' run ended. That's um, right, and now we're getting another miniseries with Iron Man. Yep. So it does seem Marvel is still trying to figure out what to do with Captain America in the future, and that yep, seeing this miniseries pop up again, and this really what the only Captain America. It is series that we have that's just not Avengers. It's interesting that that and that's what it shows me that maybe they just don't have a plan for Captain America just yet. I don't think they do. (laughs) I don't think they do. Uh, We get a giant sized black cat infinity score number one. I love black cat. So Mm -hmm. I'll get it. I'll get this for sure. 
that is definitely one of the titles that I talk to everybody about getting because I love yeah. a good anything that inspires inspired by Ocean's Eleven. Yep. I'm like, get the series. <laughs> Heck yeah, totally agree. And, and that's that's definitely what it is. Yep, absolutely. And then of course we get a bunch of titles that I'm definitely not going to buy. You know, if you know me, you know I'm not a fan of this. Death of Doctor Strange, i.e. remix, shake things up, but give you the same stuff, and then do a money grab when the original comes back in a year or two. Boring. Anyhow, you get Death of Doctor Strange. What's that? (laughs) I was going to say, it's not a good time for magic wielders, because what, Wanda just got killed off, and uh, Doctor Strange is getting killed off. That's the two most powerful magic wielders. Yep, it's not good. at At least for now. You get death of Doctor they'll, Strange. They'll be, they'll be back by they'll be back by either end of the year or next well, year. They're, they're going to come back right at the same time the movie's released, right? I mean, we all yeah, see this and, coming from a mile away. So and, bo- and, bo- and both those characters are going to, like Wanda is going to yes! be in the next Doctor Strange movie. Yes! That's like I mean, they're both coming back right when the movie gets released. I mean, we all yeah. know this. We all know this. But yeah. Marvel's got to go through this little game to try to gin up some sales numbers. Yeah. Death of Doctor Strange number three. That's a five issue miniseries. Death of Doctor Strange Spider Man number one. Death of Doctor Strange White Fox number one. Blah blah blah. I'm a big pass. i just. It's that's so lame. This is why. Yeah. That's Exhibit A of what I don't like about American comics. Are you in on any of that from Doctor Strange? Or are you passing on? No, I'm going to pass on it. But I will say I do recommend people check out Strange Academy, which is oh, the yeah. magic. It, it is that Harry Potter yes. school, basically yes. in the Marvel universe that. Doctor Strange and other magic wielders. I would mm-hmm. recommend people check that out instead mm-hmm. <laughs> if Agreed. they want to get their magic fix because that that title it has actually been a ton of fun. Yep. Um, and they they really nailed why magic is a fun fun series. And I think if you want a magic fix, go check out Strange Academy because that, like I said, not enough people are reading that series, and yep. I want people reading that series because magic is fun in the Marvel universe. It when, is. when you just have fun with it. So yeah, it's like, I agree. Totally agree. And then we get a bunch, we get some X titles. We get the big one, of course, obviously, in November is going to be Inferno number, that four-issue miniseries. That's going to be Hickman's swan song, and it's going to post stupid sales numbers, and I'm going to buy it. We are also going to get Phoenix Song, Echo number two. That's a five-issue miniseries by a creative team I don't know at all, and I don't care about Echo and Phoenix does everybody get to wield Phoenix nowadays? Like Phoenix oh, is so yeah. owed around, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that that was the most recent Avengers story arc. Was uh, <laughs> everybody had the Phoenix powers, right? We we get Marvel Voices Heritage number one from a bunch of people I don't know, and I think it is in celebration the, Native American, uh, Native American, yes. Native Americans, which is again the Marvel Voices ty- yep. single issues have actually oh, done well. For there it is, Native American Heritage Month. My bad. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That must be in which November. Like, yeah, which okay. is part of the whole Marvel Voices things that every right. month that they release, dedicating a yep. specific types of characters. Yep. Um, which, again, those Marvel Voices titles have actually done well for Marvel. They have. And so we just saw the most recent, in the June one was yes. part of the top 25 yep. for Marvel. And again, I think it's good that they're spotlighting these different types of characters and showing the diversity in the Marvel Universe because like, we like don't have enough of that. We don't. We get, so. who is that? That looks like we got Forge. And we have, is that Forge? Is that Echo? Who's sorry, the wolf? Sorry, yeah. 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 So it's, I, I forget what it is. Who's um, the wolf? I don't know who the wolf is. I know yeah, it's I'm Forge not, not, and Echo and, 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 and Danny from New Mutants. I, I know those yeah. three. Who's the winged one? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, All right. I don't, but, I don't know. Like, I, 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 
and and that's the fun part about these Marvel voices titles have been that discovering these ty- yep. characters too. Yep, that, that has been part of the fun of it. I mean, how is Warpath not on this cover? He's a pretty big yeah. name X Men. How is he not on this cover? And he's also because, uh, they didn't want more. <laughs> they already had two X Men. They didn't want it to be dominated ah! by nothing but X Men. Okay, all right. Like I said, I think it's a good thing that Marvel's <laughs> publishing these because at least they build up actually interest for these characters yeah. that are dormant. Well, they got a ton of characters that aren't used at all. Like Echo, Echo is being used right now yep. as in her because she's Phoenix, and then Forge, he's in all the X Men titles yep. because he's a core character and. Yep. What well, Danny has been in New Mutants. Yep. So outside of those characters, any like you said, we don't recognize the other two no. characters just because they're not being used by anywhere right. else. So again, maybe that's a, maybe the wolf is a new version of Red Wolf. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So and it's a good it's a good opportunity just to have these characters back in the spotlight for a little bit and yep. maybe drop interest for them to appear in other titles. And again, I think these more voices are titles are good for that. And yep. hopefully, Marvel is actually not just doing this. Again, they're, obviously they're uh, getting uh, some momentum from the mo- that whatever month is celebration because well, they yeah, just get a pride month and all these other things. But hopefully, it's not just a tokenism because that is right. definitely something that that that, that it appears to me uh, uh, with a lot of characters. So it's that's like, a fair I criticism. Wanna these, <clears throat> I want to I want to see these characters in show up in Avengers or show up in X Men, show up in Spider Man and stuff like that. Not have, just be one, once a, once every every year. Have they done a Hispanic? one yes. yet okay yeah they are they are going to be i'm guessing um, coming out in october yes it's coming okay. out, that's october it is going to be the latinx heroes for the october release that's going to feature miles morales ghost Rider, or um and america chavez nova reptile and and some other character and also uh white tiger and stuff like characters like that okay okay and i i'm sorry yeah. but i didn't hear you say richter the greatest Hispanic Marvel superhero of all time. They didn't. I must miss. They I, didn't I, include that. They my didn't my hearing must go out on me. They didn't. They didn't include that in the solicitation. <laughs> that I rem- from what I remember, because obviously so. you can't have that issue without Richter in it. I mean, I, I think we all can agree to this. Impossible yeah, to do. I, I know that they are doing some of the X Men Hispanic characters, so I'm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in that. Okay. So. All right. All right. I'm just. I'm just saying. Just saying, yeah. <laughs> he better be in there. Okay, uh, we've also got a bunch of Darkhold titles. Darkhold Black Bolt number one, Darkhold Wasp number one. I that not working for me. But are you interested in any of these? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not interested. At, like I said before, I think the only thing magic based that has gotten my interest in Marvel it has been Strange Academy. So the right. Darkhold, yeah. was, the death of. Uh, um, Doctor Strange, no interest. And like I said, I'll get my magic fix from Strange Academy. <laughs> right, exactly. And then we've got so. the couple of new Black Panther titles because it it it's it's been well, Black Panther got got when when Coates left, they they decided to just kind of cancel it and reboot it, right, and start from but, number uh, one again because you got to get that sales bump with a number one issue. Well, they, they are. Actually, this is a rescheduled because it. Oh, this Black Panther was supposed to come out a couple in September, I believe, next month. But they actually are pushing back the release to now November. That's why they oh. mentioned that they're canceling all orders. So it seems like something happened. Oh dear, um, that's not good that, to to cause cause a delay. So maybe it's just they needed to change some stuff in the script last minute. But I, I'm not sure. Usually, it that does speak to maybe 
scheduling changes um, yeah. with their creative team. So, or that they felt maybe mm. fell behind. They wanted to get a little bit more ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. They didn't really say that, but I still like the creative team for the new Black Panther, John Ridley. He's done a really good job with all the stuff at DC right now with, with Jace Fox as the new Batman or coming up as the next member of the Bat family. Right. And also the DC universe exploration history as well. And I love Juan Cabal as well. He's done some of my favorite Captain Marvel work and also, and other stuff that he's done. So I'm actually excited for that series just because again, I'd like to, it's like, it is definitely it got my interest because of the creative team more so than anything else. So I will be checking that series out. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. I do. Juan Cabal is a great artist and since I don't read Captain Marvel, it'd be nice to actually see his art. So that's kind of cool. I We also get Black Panther's Legends number two, which is uh, young T'Challa with Aurora. I don't like when you start messing with characters' backstories, so not a fan of that. I'll, I'll pass. I like my Aurora to be her own character and not a... Not a side piece to the Black Panther franchise. So not a fan of that, but some other people might like it and that's cool. If you like it, go get it. And I, 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 I'm fine with it just because again, it just kind of gets into her connection to, to that side of the Marvel universe. Cause Storm is one of the few more X-Men characters that has broken past just being an X-Men because she, she, she and Wolverine really are, are the only ones. And I, I like that. They're actually at least exploring the Africa side of her character. is not just X-Men related because she was, yeah, considered a goddess yep. before she was discovered by Xavier. So I, I always liked when whenever they do tap into that Storm's character. Right. I might try Black Panther number one though. I like Ridley in general. I've never read his comics. I like what he's done in TV and movies though. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of Coates, so I dropped it when he took over the title. So I might dip back yeah. in now and see how it is. We're also going to get a Defenders, the number four of their five issue miniseries by Al Ewing. That should be a fun little title. I've always liked the Defenders. If it skews more like OG Defenders than Thumbs Up, that's always a good thing. Dark. And, and Ewing has been one of their top writers right now. At, oh, yeah. At Marvel, so, so it's at least going to be really good. Because, like, yep. again, like I said, Ewing, I think, is probably outside of Donnie Cates, has been the most consistent writer at Marvel. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Darkhawk number four of five. Love Darkhawk. Always have loved Darkhawk. I love Kyle Higgins. So, yep, yep, yep. I'm all <laughs> over that miniseries. No, I'll, that's the one thing that I'll pass on. I've never been a Darkhawk fan, so <laughs> uh, I like him. I, I like him when he's I liked him when he's paired with Nova and some of the yeah. uh, new warriors, but he's never interested me as a solo character. Gotcha. All right. How about Dark Ages number three of six is coming out from Tom Taylor. Yeah. I am all over that. Love Tom. I think everybody knows I love Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor is one of my favorite conquer writers in general. So, and and he does such a great job whenever he's just given a Marvel universe right. to do, or right. like a, a, a universe to himself, like what he did with DC, at Injustice, yep. Disease, and and he even did that with at Marvel with all work he's done too. So mm-hmm. I'm all for for this and give me a good ultra in a future Marvel where he doesn't have to be held down by Marvel continuity. Yeah. Agreed. So. Agreed. Kazar, Lord of the Savage Land, number three of a five-issue miniseries. That's that one. The art is by Germán Garcia, and the writing is Zach Thompson. And I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign me up for this. I like Kazar. I like the Savage Land. I like anything mm-hmm. with you know jacked up 
wild Tarzan barbarian like dudes battling really weird creatures. I'm all in. I'm all in on this one. I'd probably be anybody the only that, one buying it, but I don't care. I'll buy it. <laughs> anybody, that, anybody that looks like He-Man, basically, is you're all in for. Pretty much, yes, 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 <laughs> indeed. We've got King the Conqueror number four of five, and I, I, I try to avoid King the Conqueror as much as possible because his story makes my head hurt. <laughs> Are you going to hop yeah. onto this? No, I and that's just general for me. I just never like when villains are the main protagonists of right. series. I'm just never, I've never, I've never gotten into it. I want my villains to be villains and not protagonists and be the bad guys of stories. That's how I, I like them. And so yeah. I always hesitate to read anything unless I re- hear really good things about the series. That's not, I'm right. not interested in reading a villain's sto- story. I get enough of his backstory in, in the superhero comic anyways agreed agreed moon knight number five i tell you jed mckay's the writer alessandro cappuccio is the artist and this yeah i'm i'm digging moon knight so i'm still oh. i'm still on this title i've i've, yeah, so I've I, they've given me enough to stay on so has it has the new moon knight series been good i think it's pretty darn solid it's pretty solid okay. it We'll see. We'll see what kind of momentum they can they can keep up. But so far, so far, I've been it 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 blows away the Brian Bendis Moon Knight I had to suffer through. I can tell you that right now. So yeah. that that's always a step forward. <laughs> and that's that's good because uh, what they're about to do a uh, Moon Knight series. Yes. So it's yep. uh, it's a good thing that they're because uh, Moon Knight, especially with Oscar Isaac attached yes. as Moon Knight, so that's gonna be it's oh, gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I have high hopes yeah. for that. Uh, Eternals number seven. By Kieran Gillen and Isad Rebic. And look, I mean, no disrespect to Kieran Gillen, who is a good writer. Zero, zero disrespect. But, I mean, the Eternals, I'll be frank. If anyone, it, it, it has been virtually unreadable when done by anyone not named Jack Kirby. In my opinion. So, I'm still not even touching this title. How about you, Kevin? No, uh, I'm, I'm so interested in the movie because I want to see what the MCU does with the Eternals, but... In terms of the comic books, I've right. never, I've never been into them. Just no, nothing about the Eternals has ever interested me. So yeah, it's like, and, and, and to be clear, them and Squad did Supreme are kind of the same. <laughs> so to me, is I know that they have their fan base, but I just for some reason I've just never been into it. Right, a few comic books that I've read about them. The the OG Eternals. I have the omnibus here in the bunker of Jack Kirby's Eternals. It is phenomenal. If you like DC's Fourth World Mythos, you will like Jack Kirby's Eternals. Unfortunately, absolutely nothing called the Eternals since then is even remotely, even tangentially similar to Jack Kirby's Eternals because. Nobody can come behind Jack Kirby and make head or tails of anything he does and try and, and, and do it well. That's why they do say. And this Eternals here, for people wondering, you are going to get the MCU Eternals. This is not the original yeah. Eternals. This is the MCU Eternals. Okay. Deadpool, his black, white, and blood number four of four comes out. I don't read Deadpool. You? No. Yeah. All right. The Marvels, number Deadpool seven. One of those Deadpool. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was just gonna say Deadpool is just one of those. I sometimes dip in and out, and if I'm oh, right. need to read a Deadpool comic, I'll I'll I'll, I'll find one. But yep. it's never I don't read it in a consistent basis when it comes to Deadpool. Right, the Marvels number seven. You know, I would read this comic, Kevin, if there were some characters that it just I don't know. I've not I've just had a hard time getting into this, which is a real shame because I like Kurt Busiek. 
in general as a writer. He's not on, look, he's, a, he's like an aging athlete. He, he's not on the top of his game like he used to be back in the day. He's still a good writer. Yildere Sinar, I love his art. I got introduced, introduced to his art on Legion of Superheroes back when DC wanted to publish that title before Bendis killed it and it got canceled. But he's a really good artist. I'm a huge fan of him. I just wish this title clicked with me more because that creative team is one that should absolutely appeal to me. But I just, I can't get into it. How- no, it's just not something I'm into just because I'm already reading so many Marvel titles as a, as a whole. I don't need, I don't. Need, this is one of the ones I, I just, I could pass on. Right, agreed. How about X-Force? Like Oh, I was going to just say, I feel like they've done way too many Marvels. Oh, yeah. With Kirk Music. Oh, yeah. Like that. I see that every month now. One of those, I'm just like, oh, it kind of took away the specialness it of the original. Is series. 100% watered down the franchise. I agree with yeah. you completely. That's fair criticism. Yeah. How about X-Force Killshot Anniversary Special Number 1? Written by Rob Liefeld. Art by Rob Liefeld. Am I going <laughs> to buy this? You know I am. Because I'm from the <laughs> 90s, baby. I'm all over this. Oh my God, this is going to be epic. This is, do I expect it to be like, you know, award-winning? Hell no. And you shouldn't either. And you should still buy it. How about you, Kevin? I'm not going to, uh, I'm not as big a Lifefield fan as you are. <laughs> I didn't grow up, I didn't, I didn't grow up reading it because like I mentioned before, I didn't start reading comic books until the late 2000s in terms of reading more than just Spider-Man. Right. Um, and Batman. So it, it's going to be fun. And I do think that this is probably going to be one of the top selling titles of the month. Just because, just because, especially when you have X Force and right, yeah, 30th anniversary. I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is at least in the top ten sales, though. Right. Yep, I would agree. I'd agree. And you have old man Cable back, so that's yeah, baby, old man Cable. I, you, I'm so excited. I hated little kid Cable. Oh, so happy the <laughs> real one's back. So you've got Sword number ten coming out, and and it's you know I, I don't read a lot of these ancillary X titles. Kevin, I just, I just, is this just too many? So I've kind of pruned it down to yeah. the core X titles, really. So I don't, for example, like Hellions, number 17, and uh, Sword, number 10. I just don't, I don't get into the, all the ancillary stuff. How about you? Sword is actually the one title out of all the titles in X, outside of the core X-Men series that I've got into, but that's because of the Hellfire Gala, and the Hellfire Gala really got invested into what whatever is going to be happening with Sword, since they're the ones that are kind of leading the charge with the new planet and all that stuff. So. Right. I, I am actually really enjoying it. And Al Ewing has done such a good job. Again, he's been a little bit of everywhere in terms of handling stuff for Marvel. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got the trial of Magneto number four of five. I'm, I'm skipping this miniseries. I don't really like the creative team. And yeah. I'm just so uh, this whole storyline doesn't excite me. So. I kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, skipping it. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Inferno. I just wrote, actually wrote the first, uh, review of the first issue just because this is actually a comic book I was not interested in reading at yes. all. Like I mentioned in my previous, in the previous podcast uh, for the Hellfire Gala that I was very soured on the way that the trial, uh, or Scarlet Witch's death was handled, but I picked it up on a wink just because my local comic book shop guy told me that it was really good. So I was like, I'll trust you. And if I if uh, it's not good, I'm never trusting you again. <laughs> <laughs> but I was actually pleasantly surprised. It was actually really good. And it actually showed me that I think one thing that impacted that final issue for Hellfire Gala was not the right, the creative team was that Marvel just canceled that series. For, oh, right. Uh, canceled the series. So it, like she had, Leia Williams had to just kind of end everything. And right. I think this is a much more focused. It was very much, about Magneto, about right. his relationship with his kids, and kind of actually 
is I would recommend reading it just because again it's a much better focused read and that first issue really got me actually in, in, into it and you could check out my my review for that the first issue over at theconquerrevolution.com so just a little plug perfect perfect all right now you got some other X titles you know New Mutants number twenty three yeah I'm not really digging on that title uh, X Force number twenty five yeah I do like that Benjamin Percy's really been enjoying me and I like any cover that has Wolverine battling <laughs> soldiers on surfboards surfing in on him <laughs> firing their guns that's a great cover. And we've got Marauders, number 26. Not a fan, really, of Jerry Duggan in general, though he's done better recently. I will buy, though, the variant cover by Megan Hetrick. Megan Hetrick, I have never heard of you before, but I am now going to buy all of your artwork because Megan's White Queen cover, wow, that's awesome. More of that, thigh. please. She, she definitely gave her gave her the thighs. <laughs> I love it. Wow, that is just mm, that's haven't seen a cover like that, Kevin, from Marvel in a long time. Big thumbs up for me. You've got, of course, Excalibur number twenty five. I'm not a big fan of that creative team either, with Teeny Howard and Marcus Toe. So I don't read Excalibur and Wolverine number eighteen. Benjamin Percy again. Big thumbs up for me. I like Benjamin Percy. I do read Wolverine. How about these X titles? Which of these do you will you be picking up in in addition to? Uh, yeah, on top of Inferno, I will be checking out. I'm reading the current X Men run. I, I'm actually enjoying Jerry Duggan's X Men series right now. It's the, it's been good to see the X Men back as superheroes. So right. I, I'm really yep. enjoying that. And then outside of that, Benjamin Percy's Wolverine is the other only other title that I read outside of X Men and Sword. Right. Um, so, and then all the other X Men titles, I honestly just. Kind of like the Avengers titles, I experienced them through the uh, Marvel Unlimited app, so that's mm-hmm. how I'm getting my X-Men fixes, just going on Marvel Unlimited, checking them out as, as they get uploaded there. So, again, the X-Men titles honestly have all been solid for for the most part, and I think experience them all through Marvel Unlimited, letting a couple issues build up has been, I think, helping my enjoyment of all the X-Men titles. Right. Honest. Yep, yep. How about Iron Man number 14 from Christopher Cantwell and Cafu? It, it's, it's behold the birth of cosmic Iron Man. Iron Man has tasted a higher power and is forever changed. Moments before he was locked in mortal combat with his worst adversary in years, Korvac, but now he finds his very existence altered beyond recognition. Indeed, fundamental concepts like space and time have taken on a new meeting, but what does this portend for Tony Stark, a man who even when stripped bare feels he knows best? What happens when his ego, often challenged, condemned, and even derided by both foes and friends, is suddenly given a limitless avenue? It could certainly mean radical and drastic change for the entire universe in reality itself. Kevin, I'm Iron Man has traditionally and historically been my favorite character in the Marvel Universe of all time. I, I have a full run of every Iron Man comic ever published since the very beginning. And I don't read Iron Man now because it's Iron Man has become what I think is unreadable for quite some time. Does this interest you? Not necessarily, really. I, I did enjoy the start of Chris, Christopher Cantwell's mm-hmm. Iron Man. The first few issues actually were I thought were very good, but I, I just fell off with, with the series. It just failed to just keep my interest, really. I'll probably catch up. I, I, it is a title I want to try and catch up on Marvel Unlimited, but in terms of just reading it monthly, I, it was just a title. I just fell off. I was like, it, it didn't have enough for me to grab me, and especially right. with other titles like 
Amazing Spider-Man moving to twice a month or three times a month. Sometimes R- recently, right. were, well, I just like I needed to drop something, and Iron Man was one of those titles. I was just like, it- it's fine. It's not yeah. blowing me away, so I could just drop it. So it was right. like, unfortunately, one of those titles I just cut a while back. Right, right. How about is could I possibly interest you in? Well, before we roll down, and we've got the Black Widow titles. We know you like Black Widow. And we've yep. got Shang-Chi. Neither of us read that. And there's really nothing going on in Shang-Chi that's, that's going to change my opinion. At least for me. I mean, they're, they're having Thor. Uh, Thor is coming I, into spotlight in Shang-Chi number six. I guess, you know, again, got to have some spotlights with some big name characters. I, 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 did, I did enjoy the most recent Shang-Chi miniseries that Jin Liu and Yang wrote. Um, it was solid. but And this, upcoming, this new one, I'm actually just waiting for it to go on Marvel Unlimited, to be honest, to read all of it. I did like kind of how he expanded the whole Shang-Chi's kind of family bloodline because mm-hmm. um, it's not like the, the upcoming movie. It's a little bit different. And I did like that, how he introduced other characters that are kind of on Shang-Chi's level that are different weapon wielders. Right. So I did enjoy that. But Shang-Chi is one of those titles that just because, again, my, my pool list is so crazy right now that I just couldn't add another title at the moment. Right. Yep. 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 And we've got, of course, a new direction for Thor with Thor number 19, Kevin. God of Hammers starts in this issue. Mjolnir has gone missing, and nobody, not even the powerful eyes of Lady Sif, is able to locate it, so Thor must turn to the last person he wants help from, Odin. For until the hammer is found, nobody in the realm is safe. Wow. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's which is the start of the payoff that uh, Don and Kate has been building towards, because like like since the beginning of his run, right at the end of the first Thor arc, we've seen Thor has had trouble with Mjolnir. Yes, um, I think it's what it, how you pronounce it, right? Yep. Um, he has had trouble wielding it recently, and he's even addressed it in in like almost every story arc since the the end of the first one for his run. So it looks like this is going to be the start of the payoff for that and the direction for Thor, because again, he is all father of Asgard for people that might not know, and so he has been trying to be, do, be superhero Thor and also the all father of Asgard at the same time. And I think this is going to start addressing that he maybe can't do that because he has a lot of responsibilities as all father and him trying to be Thor, God of Thunder as, at the same time is not going to work out for him. And I, I, it's going to be interesting to see if maybe this is how we got Jane Foster back as Thor again. And it, it would make sense just because, again, like I said, having Thor being in so many places at once, having so many responsibilities is a lot to take on. And yep. I am enjoying his, his run as all father of, of Asgard. So I think it's a great next step of where Jason Aaron left off his run. And I, yep. I would recommend people, would, if you haven't checked out Donny Kate's Thor run, check it out because it's epic cosmic stuff if you love mm-hmm. the cosmic uh corner of marvel it's definitely something to check out yep yep agreed i'd agree with that uh now i have one question for you i'm looking at the cover huh? of miles morales spider-man number 32 i don't read this comic it does say that i like how they tease for this issue taskmaster fresh off an on-screen debut in blackwood no 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 this character kevin this character did not appear on screen in Black Widow. This character did not. That's a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. Stop bad Marvel. The, 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 the costume did. Come on. <laughs> not even the costume did. <laughs> the name Somewhere. did. 
<laughs> so let me well, ask you this Marvel has, has definitely when it comes to Taskmaster he's such an interesting character because yeah. it seems like he never gets his comic book version of his costume no. onto even the video like the Spider-Man video game right. or any other his costume always changes it every, every medium it's, it's so great I love like, his comic book costume I love <laughs> it it's great I will buy this issue yeah, I don't sorry. read Miles Morales Spider-Man at all but I will buy this issue only because I am a massive Taskmaster fan, and I if he's in a comic, I always get it. What my question for you though, Kevin, because you do mm-hmm. read this title, mm-hmm. what is up with this costume? Miles Morales is wearing this oh. hot pink and black. It looks like a costume that Keith Giffen would have designed mm-hmm. for a Legionnaire back in the nineties, late nineties. What, what hey, is it uh, new? It's go- yeah, it's going to be a new costume. It's the new costume that he's in. Um, I had in is going to be introducing to the character after the clone saga because Miles Morales is currently going through his clone saga. He um, has a clone? And it seems like part of... No, not that he's a clone. Oh, oh, he's, oh. Uh, uh, he's dealing with his own... Okay. Like, Peter Parker dealt with the clone saga. Now okay. he was just dealing with his own, uh, like, clone problems because every Spider-Man has... If you're not... Right. If you haven't dealt with a clone saga, you're not Spider-Man. Uh, understood. Um, understood. So, so that, so, but, but yeah, so it seems like after that, he's going to get, get a new costume just because he needs to change it up because it seems like his, the Spider-Man, like his version of Spider-Man kind of, he just wanted to change things up. So, he so got a new costume. this is the new costume then? Yeah, it is the new costume and kind of going away from is, um, the, it, the, the, the regular uh, black and red. Is it a hoodie on top of pants? No, it, it looks like long zip up. I'm not sure. I, okay. I don't know. Is this the first but, uh, appearance of this costume, or has no, it already? It's, it, it's going to appear starting in October, I believe. Okay. The okay. October issue. All right. Um, and this is just a continuation of that. So, but yeah, this is just basically post post clone saga. He's Miles Morales, just kind of is going to look like he's going to switch things up so that we right. can get away from the messiness of clones. Right. You know how messy clones are with Spider Man. So. I will uh, say he needs a refresh. <laughs> I will say this: I am a massive fan of any costume design based around hot pink and black. Being yeah. a longtime Cosmic Boy fan from the Legion of Superheroes, my favorite Legionnaire, uh, hot pink and black is an awesome color combo that you rarely ever see in comics. I love that color combination. That's a good. I mean, I don't like the character, and I'm telling you. That's a good choice. That's a yeah. good color combo. It looks good to me. Yeah, honestly, for the costume, I actually enjoy it. It actually makes it so that he's just not a copy of yes. Peter Parker Spider-Man. And yep. I think this is a good, actually a very good change for Miles Morales because what into the Spider-Verse, having, him having the hoodie yeah, right. and all this yep. other stuff in his costume, I think helps separate him from just the Peter Parker, Ben Riley traditional Spider-Man yep. where he just had an alternate version of the Spider-Man costume that was black and red. Mm-hmm. I think this is actually distinct. This is actually a distinct Spider-Man costume. I that would agree. Spider-Gwen's costume was very distinct. Where I would agree. All right, Daredevil number thirty-six, Kevin. That's the last issue. It gets canceled. Uh-oh. That's yeah. it. It's the end. Yeah, I, which is, I think, which is, I think, going to speak to one of the big topic that we'll talk about at the end. That it seems at least Chips Zdarsky and Marco Chichetto are, are moving on because uh, Chips Zdarsky is going to be to doing the Substack stuff. Yeah, I think that. He's just naturally going to end it, but they did mention that this is actually just the final issue of the saga for uh, Chips and Darcy, so it mm. does seem Chips and Darcy at the very least is going to stick around there for a little bit, Yep, because uh, he just also had the free comic day issue where he wrote a story about for right. that was related to his, his run, so 
I'm not sure if Chip Zdarsky is done with Daredevil yet. Marvel and Zdarsky are probably working stuff out to see maybe if he continues. But uh, this is a good natural endpoint for at least this part of Daredevil because it has been very good. I love this series. It's probably outside. I would say this and Thor are probably my two favorite Marvel series right now. And they're back and forth competing, to be honest. And it's sad. And hopefully this isn't the end because I think Zdarsky does have a lot more stories to tell. Right, right. So. Uh, before we leave Marvel solicitations, I just want to touch on one last thing. We're going to be getting Genus Vell Marvel Tales number one, which will include Mar- Captain Marvel number zero through three. And it will feature not only Genus Vell as Captain Marvel, but also the Hulk Wendigo and Moon Dragon and Rick's estranged wife, Rick B. Boy, that's Rick Jones. That's the Rick, sorry, I should have specified. It, look, Genus Vell took over for his dad, Marvell. This title was done by Peter David doing the words and Criss Cross doing the art. And Criss Cross was awesome. His art was just fantastic. And Peter David slayed it on this title. Just slayed it. The character work was amazing. The comedy was phenomenal. The action was good. Yes, yes, Virginia, Captain Marvel was once a cool character. Oh, that was a cheap shot. Sorry, Kevin. Sorry, I couldn't resist. (laughs) Couldn't resist. Anyhow, get this. If you've never read it, buy it. It's awesome writing. It's awesome artwork. This is really good stuff. Highly, highly recommend it. Okay, let's pop over to November 2021's DC solicitations, shall we? It's basically just Batman titles, Kevin. I don't know why we're we're pretending anything otherwise. Yeah. It's it's basically Batman titles. Yeah, let's, I, let's cut to it. I know we talked about this when the solicitations got released, but it it is crazy to think that there's 42 yes. Batman comics, or Batman-related, where either Batman's the main star, it's the main title, or he's going to be appearing, or like Nightwing, or another Batman yes. family's going to appear in. So it's like... It's insane. It's insane. And I think even if you take out the teen titles that Batman, the Batman family appears in, it's about 30 or so. Yes. And that's still a crazy number. That's more than half of DC. And I think that's really the main topic for DC comics right now is just that <sighs> they are just dominated by Batman. Yes. It's just Batman's world and everybody lives in it. Like the only other character. The only other character that honestly competes with Batman at DC is Wonder Woman. That's right it. Now. When it comes to the number of titles, even Superman, he has a handful of titles. But mm. it's really Batman. If you take out Batman and Wonder Woman, it's what? A, a dozen titles that maybe DC is publishing? Right. Right. If you, you take out those two characters. Crazy. So it's, it's insane. It's crazy. It, it is. It's you got we just and we talked and we talked about the sales numbers too. It's very obvious why because like what? Batman is the one thing that sells yes. for them and like it it's still like every Batman title sells pretty well. Yes. Like even the the D list titles yes. that are solid sellers compared to what other conflicts are like you had the Flash Green yeah. and Justice League and all that stuff. It's like wow, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy, and it continues here. I mean, Kevin, you've got yeah. Batman the Impostor number two and number three. You've got. Yeah. Batman One Dark Knight, number one. You've got Batman 116, Batman 117, Arkham City, The Order of the World, number two. Batman Urban Legends, number nine. I Am Batman, number three. Harley Quinn, number nine. Batman Secret Files, The Gardener, number one. Starring uh, starring uh, uh, Poison Ivy. I, I 
it's yeah. Catwoman number thirty-seven. And, 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 and the, <laughs> it goes the, on. The crazy thing is just that, and the crazy thing for that too is that most of these ty- most of these Batman comics are telling the exact same story. Yes! Of like, oh yeah, my not, god, they're not really telling a new story with Batman. It's most most of the time, if you read the solicitations, they all read almost the same. They- Thank um, you. Like, they do. The, the only titles that really stand out for me when, when it comes to the Batman titles is actually the Robin and Batman Year Year One title, right? Uh, that's coming out just because it's telling a modernized version of Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne's right for first couple of years, and we right. don't get that very. We, I can't think of a title that has modernized the, that, no. that era of Batman yet. So that's a title actually I'm most excited for yes. out of any DC title because it's going to tell us something different and it's going to tell us a story that has needed to be modernized for right. such a long time. Agreed. Agreed. But, but you're <laughs> and, right, and, Kevin, and, as we look through the solicitations, you're right. It, it's just, they're all kind of telling the same story. It's amazing. I mean, you just keep rolling through, Kevin. Nightwing number 86, yeah. Detective Comics 1045, Task Force Z number two, yeah. Batman Fear State Omega number one, Robins number one. Like we needed yeah. yet another, I mean, another new Batman title, Kevin. Yeah, it's and and the Robins title was actually the conflict that the I'm not sure if you uh, were following, but Robins is the title that um, won the poll uh, that DC recently did. They did right. a tournament, yeah, and that was and out of they had a bunch of Justice League, uh, Suicide Squad, Blue Beetle, and all these titles that whoever won this tournament would get be published ongoing. And it was another Batman title. It was the Robins title that That, won, obviously. That's insane! And this one, (laughs) all five heroes who have donned the Robin cape and mask find themselves at a crossroads in their lives. Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, and Damian Wayne come together to discuss the big thing that binds them together was being Robin and being Batman's psychic, the best choice they could have made. But before they can get to the heart of the matter, they're ambushed by an unknown assailant with a bone to pick with them. She claims to have been the first Robin and she's out to prove Batman... Should have never trained any of them. I just, and again, you're right. It's the winner of DC's round robin tournament as chosen by you, the yeah. readers. My God, people, we had a choice. We had a choice to vote mm-hmm. for something that wasn't freaking Batman. And you chose a Batman title. God damn it. Like for me, I know I was go- trying to get the Blue Beetle pu- me uh, too. series published. I was, yeah. That was the series I wanted uh, yeah. to win. But God, just. Um, it didn't win. And I think the finals was Suicide Squad and Robins, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, so we didn't uh, need this comic. Again, Steve, Robins, Kevin, we yeah. didn't need this, we didn't need this comic. Like we, I'm interested in. I, I'm not going to lie. I am interested in it. I love. I love all these <sighs> characters. I want to see them interact. We don't. We rarely see them interact with each other. But it is frustrating to see how dominant Batman is, and that, <sighs> that's me saying it as someone that's enjoying most of the Batman comics that I'm reading. Because I, yep. I will not lie that I am like if you look at the Revolution so our website, I do review most of the Batman titles. I, I've, and I've enjoyed the ones that I try out, but. I, right. I just can't try all of them. There's no. so many. No, it's too much. And it's crazy to, it almost feels like you have to do work to read something that's not Batman related. <laughs> right. Right. And it, 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 getting another new Batman title, Robin and Batman number one by Jeff Lemire. And this one, we're retelling that's, the, the yeah, dynamic oh, it, duo, right? We're retelling the origin story of right. Dick Grayson yeah. and Bruce Wayne. And that, that is the, the that's going to be a title that you know that Steven's going to read because it's the Descenders team. T- He's ah. Jeff Lemire and then Steven yes. title right there. Yes. It's, it's his favorite, one of his favorite creative teams. I guess I'm just like, do we need, I, look, I love Jeff Lemire. Don't get me wrong. He's a wonderfully talented man. He's a great writer, but I, I just, uh, I don't, I just don't know. Do I need, I just feel like I'm getting the same story over and over and over and over. It's just, 
enough already. I that's just that's just my reaction. I yeah, feel yeah. burned out. For, for for me for me, I think the reason why that Robin and Batman, like I said, is the most interesting title for me out of anything that DC's published in November is just because we haven't had a modernization of of the Batman and Robin dynamic duo. Right. Um, really. Like you Wait, didn't we get like, didn't we get the Frank Miller making Batman making Robin eat rats in the Batcave? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, that's the that's the most modern story for Batman and Robin, and that was not I still will say that. <laughs> That is not a great story whatsoever. So did not give uh, you the warm fuzzies, did it? No, no. So <laughs> I'm glad that they're they're doing something that's actually more modern and actually coherent and readable. So and I love the creative team too. So like I said, it's a title I'm most interested in right. of anything that DC's publishing. So yep, we we it, we're not done though. We get Gotham City Villains Anniversary Giant number one. We get Dark Knights of Steel number one from Tom Taylor. It's an entire medieval world set okay. with the DC characters. And Tom Taylor is the go-to guy for alternate universe yes. Elseworld stories. Yep. <laughs> Again, yep. he's, he's built a he's built a niche niche for himself. Yep. In in the comic book industry, with like he's already doing that with Marvel with Dark Ages. He did it with DC's Disease and Injustice, and he's doing it again here. Yep. I'm in. I love it. I love that he's going Elseworld and he's specializing in that. He's like, good at that. He's good at he's that. He's good at it. And, Okay, just do it because it's yep. that's the fun of conflicts is just to tell fun ideas with these characters that we recognize and do it mm-hmm. in another universe. I agree. Go for it. I agree. I agree. We also get Batman Superman Authority Special number one, Batman 2021 that's Annual true. number one, the Joker 2021 Annual number one, Detective Comics Annual number one. It just never ends. Nightwing number one, yeah. Robin Annual number one. I, think, I honestly think he could spend the rest of the podcast just talking I mean, about all the other Batman titles, to be honest. Stunning, Kevin. It is just stunning. So you look. You know what we're gonna do is it just it's just an endless amount of Batman. I just it's so overwhelming. So let me just pick out a few things that are not Batman that could possibly interest somebody. There's Justice League Incarnate Number One by Joshua Williamson and Dennis Culver. This comes out of the shocking ending of Infinite Frontier, and they have to defend the the Justice League Incarnate defends the multiverse from Dark Side across the infinite Earths. So, and, and oh, a little spoiler alert, following a devastating defeat at the hands of the one true dark side, the Superman of Earth-23 leads a team of superheroes from myriad worlds that include Flashpoint Batman, China's Flash from Earth-0, Captain Carrot from Earth-26, and a brand new superhero, Dr. Multiverse from Earth-8, in a last-ditch effort to stop the end of everything possible. I like Joshua Williamson. This roster does nothing for me. I'm not hopping aboard. How about you, Kevin? I I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that I think that the biggest reason why is because I, I just can't stand Flashpoint Batman anymore. <laughs> the City of Bane story specifically yep. turned me off to reading anything related to Flashpoint Batman right. moving forward. So as soon as I saw him on the cover, I was like, nah, pass. Gotcha. I don't need I don't I don't need it. So that's why I kind of I'm not even reading Infinite Frontier just because I see that he's getting involved and I'm just like nah, right? Screw it. I'm not. I'm not again. I don't, like I said, that character is negatively impacts any title that I see him in now. Move just because I I just dislike that character so much. Yeah, I I cannot blame you. I cannot blame you. From Superman, Kevin, we we do get Superman's Son of Cal L mm-hmm. number. Five, written by Tom Taylor. So there is something from Superman going on. 
Uh, and I think the big, the bigger one is the a- annual that's going to come out with. It's going to be the first meeting between uh, John Kent, Superman, and and Lex Luthor. So yes, that's, that, that's going to be. I think the I think that that'll probably be a bigger issue. And I I, I enjoyed the first issue that Tom Taylor wrote for John Kent as Superman. And it's interesting to see where this, just because we did talk about the sales numbers that Superman isn't selling so well right now. And it's going to be interesting if this new direction for the Superman franchise with John Kent as Superman and then it seems like Kent as Superman and he's going out to the DC yeah. the rest of the DC universe with the with the United Planets to uh, yeah. uh, spearhead the Legion of Superheroes future so it'll be interesting if that ends up working out for the franchise and if yeah. what happens if it doesn't so I'm, I'm gonna do a little prognosticating this isn't gonna work that's my prognosticating <laughs> Kevin we'll see yeah. we shall see yeah. we get a couple of titles from uh, Tom sorry go ahead Oh, no, I was just going to say, and overall, I think the main theme of the DC solicitations for November is just that we're just moving into the future state, future of the DC universe. And just yep. kind of, and I've mentioned this in my solicitation analysis is that it seems we're getting a lot of hints to go into future state, but now it's going to be about how everything's going to change for somehow. Now, this is where we're going to start seeing all the divergent points. Yeah. Like, fear state for Batman is going to, is a divergent point for the Batman family just because. Magistrate is happening much sooner. We're seeing that Wonder Girl is popping up in Wonder Woman. Yep. And then Superman, he's already moving into the United Planets direction that we saw him in mm-hmm. in uh, Interstate as well. But it seems that was fast forwarded a lot. So everything in the DC universe that we saw in the future state is actually being fast tracked for some reason. And I wonder if there's a bigger mystery around that with like Infinite Frontier that Joshua Williamson is doing. Yep. And that something something happened in the DC universe to fast track Future State for some for some reason. Yeah. Yep. So. It, yeah. DC's playing with fire. Uh, they're playing so. with fire, future state, and mucking things up. They, they, they need to. Yeah. They, they. It's like a doctor would tell you: if you pick at a scab incessantly, it'll never heal. And yeah. DC picks at its continuity incessantly to the point where they just further damage themselves. And there's a reason why they get their butts beat by Marvel, and it's been the case since. The original crisis ended. You just can't keep picking that scab over and yeah. over and over. That's why it's going to be very interesting to see how 2020 works out for them because now yeah. we're going to have a full year of this, yeah. basically, and see if it, it, it it's not looking successful when you look at just sales numbers, but no, nope. which is like a big thing that matters is the big thing yep. that matters. But it's going to be interesting if they just this next year, if it especially doesn't turn out successful for them outside of the Batman titles, how much they'll ch- change things up. Yep. For other titles. So. It's just, you just can't keep, you just can't keep hitting the reset button because you, you green light stupid ideas that if you just called me up on the phone, I'd tell you, don't do it. It won't work. So there's not much else. I mean, honestly, and this is the big problem. When you get past all the Batman titles, Kevin, there's not a lot in these solicitations that looks particularly interesting. And that's the biggest problem is you've got a whole bunch of titles that you you look at and you're just like, eh? You know, there really isn't yeah. much outside of the Batman franchise. Unless, I mean, do you see anything here that really interests you outside of the Batman franchise? I don't see much. There are other titles, though, outside of the Superman, Son of Kal-El. I think Justice League Last Rite has been fun, which it's Zdarsky has been telling a fun alternate universe tale. The, the current Vita Yala static has been fun start to bring back them milestone universe mm-hmm. um, and then the only other title that really stands out to me is uh what was it i just lost it was i'm trying to sorry i was just trying to think i just had it in my mind but i just totally lost it but 
but yeah, I think those two titles have been the ones that outside of that's not Batman related, or at least Justice League Lost Right does have feature Batman heavily, but that's not titled Batman that I'm most interested in when it comes to DC. Oh, also Wonder Girl. I am actually enjoy. I've fallen off with Wonder Woman, but right. the current Wonder Wonder Girl with uh, series has actually been really good. I've enjoyed that her character, Yara Flores' character introduction there. So I think that's the only. Those are the three titles that that are not titled Batman that I'm most interested in. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've I've scrolled through this whole list about three or four times, Kevin, and I just see absolutely nothing here from DC that looks even remotely interesting. It's not good. I do not feel bullish at all about DC's future going through this year and into next year. Not even remotely at all. This is as low on DC as I've been since the new 52 came out. I, I have a bad feeling. This is just a lot of nothing that interesting. There's a few Batman titles that I will agree have some appeal, but outside of a couple of Batman titles, the rest of it just looks like a hot mess that nobody wants to read. And we'll see. We'll see how it does. And, and again, I think with DC is just perception has become reality at this point where they are bat- the Batman company. Yeah. That, that is really what it is. They, they yes. Are, that was the perception for a long time. But now yes. you can just look at November 42 titles that have Batman or a Batman family member in. You actually have to kind of almost work to find a title that does not involve a member of the Batman family. Agreed. And it's and it's crazy because, yeah, it is definitely playing like Where's Waldo when it comes to a title that does not feature Batman or yep. guest stars Nightwing or somebody. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. All right, Kevin. Well, let's pause. Uh, let's put a let's put a a a pin in this for part one of the podcast, and then in part two of the podcast, we're going to go through the news. Uh, from this week that is a lot to get through. All right, my friend? All right, sounds good, yeah. All right, we will be back with part (laughs) two. And uh, boy, we got plenty to discuss.